So this is the first day of our missions conference. I think it's the 52nd. Looking back through the records, that's best I can tell. And uh, we have 18 people who are going to be speaking to us from all over the globe, going to be sharing with us this week. Please be faithful in your attendance, either in person or online, as we anticipate learning more about what God is doing in every nation, tribe, and language. And this morning, we have the special privilege of having Emmanuel Adamako, our dear brother, and he's coming to us all the way from Ghana, West Africa, by video. He was here for, he and Alice and his family were here for several years doing their degrees at Lancaster Bible College. We came to know and love them. They went back to their home country and are evangelizing and discipling uh, pastors and church leaders. So now, by video, the Amen Preacher. What a great blessing to have such a wonderful time in the presence of God, just going before the Lord in worship. This is authentic Ghanaian African worship praise, and I just love it. I want to trust God that you out there, CNBC, my church family, our church family, I believe the Lord has blessed your heart straight from Ghana, straight from Ghana, straight from Ghana. Anyway, let the church say amen. Or let the church shout a big amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much this morning. I want to thank you for the great privilege to come before you to hear your word. I want to thank you for the great privilege to come before you to even dive into your word. Father, what a joy. What a blessing to be a part of the family, CNBC. Father, I thank you so much for this church family. I thank you for the leadership of the church of God. Thank you for the missions board and thank you, O oh Lord, for all the members of the church. Thank you for how far you brought the church, O oh Lord. What a joy, what a blessing, what a testimony that Father, once again, here we stand in the midst of all the world, global, pandemic challenges and all that. Father, here we stand by the grace of God. Now, Father, we are even in here today being the first day of your 2021 Missions Conference that every nation, tribe, and language. Father, it is time to declare your word and I pray in the name of Jesus. The Father, let every nation hear your voice. Let every tribe come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And let every language declare and understand that indeed the king of glory father i commit myself into your hands and i pray that hide me behind the cross and speak to your people in the language that you want them to understand so that when all is said and done glory and honor shall be given to you it is my heart desire that father before the word comes from end somebody will give the life to jesus somebody will come to the saving knowledge of jesus christ of god thank you for all the global ministers that are coming all over the world to gather here to hear your word and to preach and teach your word oh lord to share great testimonies from all the different countries that are coming for lord i pray in the name of jesus the father you shall be with your people you shall be with your people even this morning oh god speak to us speak to us let the heavens be open have your way in jesus name let the saints of god right here at cnbc i want you to shout a big amen oh say amen 
I want to hear your loudest amen this morning. If you are truly in the house of the Lord and by the grace of God, you and I are still alive and blood is running through our veins. We have every reason to bless the name of the Lord. Shout a big amen. Oh, you know I love my amen. When I say amen, you say amen. You want to say amen to raise the roof this morning. Shout a big amen. Well, now I am so excited. I can feel your presence all the way here in Ghana, West Africa. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Well, church, this morning, Alice, Eugene, Jaden, and Lady Jeanette, and of course myself, we are so much thrilled to join and connect with you, our church family, all the way in the United States through this particular medium of technology. We have been praying for you. We do pray for you every blessed day. And we've been trusting God that uh, in times such as these with the current global pandemic and the issues that are going on all over the place, we are trusting God that he will continue to come through heavily for his children. He will come through for you in America. He will come through for us here in Africa. And of course, he will come through for his children all over the world. Well, this morning, uh, before we transition into the preaching and teaching of the Word, I would like you to take a moment and enjoy a quick family ministry update from us here in Ghana. Just take a stay and take a look. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Emmanuel Adamako right here in Ghana, West Africa. I am coming live to you from Loving Christ Global Mission Center. And I want to give you a quick talk today. It's been a while and I want to give you a, a quick update of what God is doing with Loving Christ. Come along with me. Well, we are in the premises of Loving Christ Global Mission Center. It is an ongoing building project and I want to show you the different portions of the building. A little bit of exercise you have to do when you're coming up here. This is the main entrance. So it is exciting to come up here and, you know, have a feel of what God is going to do. Like I said, this is where the Bible leadership training is going to take place. And the floor, as you can see now, uh, it's, it's, it's getting ready for uh, the, the floor tiling. Now, this place may be a bit dark, but I'm hoping that you can still see. Um, yes, this door is fixed. You can see. It is very durable and we thank God for that. Now, this very suite, we call it the missionary guest suite, okay? Uh, for those of you that will be coming around to visit, you know, to um, partner with us to do God's work in terms of the Bible leadership training, medical outreach, the children educational scholarship programs and things like that. We don't want to put you in a hotel. We want to make sure right here at the mission center you have a place that you can call an abode, okay? And so for instance, I want to take you to one of the um, bedrooms that will be a, a nice place for visiting pastors, professors of the Bible, teachers of the Bible, uh, medical doctors, you know, nurses that want to come together and do God's work. This place, you could come with your family. It's a very big suite that we have. In here, we have the toilet and bath. Um, it's still under construction, so you can see. Um, but yes, everything is literally coming together nicely for God's glory. And so we have this place. Uh, the wardrobe is, you know, um, also ongoing. And uh, everything will be nicely fit. We have your bed ready for you. The TV will be somewhere there. And uh, I just can't wait, you know. The electrical work too is going out there. And of course, I know some of you guys that may be coming from the States, uh, sometimes the heat is a little bit of a challenge. And so we want to factor in the air condition for you. We want to make sure we, we put air condition in literally all the rooms that you will be, you know, hosted in. I just want to encourage you that if you have a word of prayer, please pray for us, okay? If you have any other form of support that you, you, you think God is leading you to do that, please come along and let's do it for God's glory. Welcome to this place. This is a ground floor. 
and where we are is the living room space created and so for visitors that will be coming around um, you have a place at the top level but you are going to be with a host family and so assuming this is the daytime you know uh, you want to have your breakfast you come downstairs and we have the dining area that is created for you and this place um, we could sit around 10 or 15 people and so it, it's just great it's just great and talking about dining you definitely want to talk about the kitchen okay so you want to come with me and let's go to the kitchen all right all right So this space is going to be the security check post, okay? So, you know, as a mission center, definitely we'll be having people from all walks of life and we want to make sure security is something that we want to keep an eye on that. And so when the visitors are walking in and, you know, coming for the training and all that, um, this place is a point for you to stop, to check in, you know, get all your details and everything like that and, and so forth. Bag. So this is where the Lord has situated us. I want to trust God that the next, you know, Spurgeon probably will be raised out of this place, you know, by the grace of God. And so keep praying for us and keep standing with us. This is just a quick tour of Loving Christ Global Mission Center brought to you by Evangelist Emmanuel Adamaco. Hello, CNBC family. How you all doing? This is Alice. Adamakon with Miss G all and we hope to see you sometime. I want to give a quick update on family and ministry and then my next on family Eugene, Jaden and Jeanette they sent their regards they said hi they are all doing great growing well Jeanette is really keeping us busy running around and you know giving us all the instructions she needs to give us currently eugene is in grade two Jaden turned five on january 6th and jeanette will be turning three on november 13th i believe she can't wait to turn three and then start preschool so far everything is great as we juggle through each day with faith and composure with my nursing when i am currently not on the field because schools, you know, uh, were out due to the coronavirus. So I had to stay at home and then take care of the kids and then also manage uh, the home as well. I'm also helping Emmanuel with um, a paid Ghana as uh, I'm doing the administrative work, making sure that things are in place for facilitators to come in and getting school work and all that. Um, it's been fun. On February, I think we had an opportunity to share with the youth of Praise on Valentine's Day, and it was really great and impactful. We're blessed to have time with such a great family. Everything is doing good, and we hope you are all doing great. And then also with the coronavirus, we just want to encourage each other to stay calm and have faith in God because He alone has the final say. He knows what He's doing and we just have to keep our eyes on him alone we just love you and then we pray that everything will be smooth and keep on keeping on and looking up to god alone we love you and hope to see you sometime bye-bye I am 8 years old. I attend Sterling High Academy. My memory verse is Matthew 15 verse 28. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. You get what you asked for. And right then, the woman's daughter was you. Amen. I got the moment. My name is Jaden Adomako. I'm in KD. My Bible is Ephesians 6 told you, obey your parents. Right. See, I want you to shout a big amen! amen.
say amen. amen. Well, church, this morning I'm so much excited to come before you um, through this medium. And uh, it's a joy. It is a joy. It's quite interesting. Uh, we, we thought we are going to be with you in person. And I know a lot of you guys were expecting us to be with you guys in person. But, uh, you know, as the Lord would have it in the times such as these, He has decided to make it happen like this for us. And that is to reach out to you guys through this particular medium. Well, this morning, my message is titled, That They Might Be Saved. Or oh, you want to say that after me? That they might be saved. Say that again. That they might be saved. One more time. That they might be saved. I am trusting God that you and I shall, and I will be fired up with a strong desire and a relentless passion to see the lost and the sinner come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I will attempt to unpack a few nuggets of wisdom and insights surrounding the main text. And it's a very short text that we are going to look at from different angles. And so if you have the Bible with you, I would like to encourage you to turn to Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. Romans chapter 10, the verse number 1. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. If you are getting close, you shout amen. If you are getting very, very close, you want to shout a big amen. All right. Romans chapter 10, the verse number 1. And I want to read. It says that, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Is that they might be saved. And this is Apostle Paul speaking to us. That his heart desire is that the people of Israel will be saved. Will be saved. Will be saved. We will trust God to help us understand why the Apostle Paul started off the chapter. You know, the 10th chapter of the book of Romans with the statement, Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for them. And that is the Israel that is that they might be saved. We want to find out why he said that. Why did Paul say that? We want to find out very soon. Why did Paul say that? Why did Paul say that? And so you want to just stick with me as we try to dive into the word and go deeper to find out why Paul was saying this. Why was he trying to show all this kind of energy in just the first statement? First, the question is, who are the they? Or who are they? The they or them could be easily equated to that of whosoever. But before we pull out all those theological strings that goes with it, I want to establish a character survey and a character study and a character fact that even though the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 verse number 12, not that I have already obtained, nor I'm already perfect, nevertheless, what you have learned and received and heard seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. Beloved, this scripture from Philippians clearly implies that though Paul was sinlessly perfect, he pointed people to his heart for God and humanity. Paul was not a perfect being, but he had so much drive and passion to see the lost come to Jesus, to see the sinner come to Jesus. Paul has so much passion, drive, and even to the example of his life as a guide for the church of old and the present day church, including CNBC and including the global church of the world. That yes, we need to develop that drive and passion that we cannot sit still and be okay or idle around people that do Jesus. We can't just take that idea. And that is Paul for you. Paul said, listen, I, I, am, I am the chief of all sinners. But there's a drive in my heart. There's a passion in my heart that when I see 
I can't stay still. I feel like I want to share the word with that person. And this morning, I want to trust God that we will develop that same drive and passion. That same drive and passion. Philippians chapter 3 clearly implies that Paul is a seamlessly perfect being. But he pointed people to his heart. And he pointed people to the drive and the passion that he has. Therefore, it means that Romans chapter 10 verse 1 that says that bread in my heart desire and prayer to God for them is that they might be saved. Paul literally is trying to say over here that be like me. Are you getting what I'm saying? chapter 10 and I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans just flip a page backwards to Romans chapter 9 and I wish we had time that I could literally unpack all the big ideas in the chapter 9 for you but this is one of the chief things that I want to talk about and that is the apostle Paul shows his sorrow for perishing Israel if you read the entire chapter 9 you realize that apostle Paul was not so much excited about the state in which Israel was in. He was not so much comfortable to see how Israel has departed from God and walking in their own ways and trained. He was not just okay with it. And to extend that, Paul went on to say that I have, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Oh my goodness. Well, let's take a few a few verses from the verse number nine at the chapter nine. Okay, let's take a few verses. The first three verses goes like this: "It say, I see the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great happiness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that my myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren." study Bible. This is what it says. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confess it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be, be, be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Can you imagine that? ready to go to that state. He, he was ready, you know, a lot of theologians and a lot of Bible commentators try to explain to us that, you know, Paul was trying to be, you know, a little bit more emotional here, but that is true. Yes, that is okay, but that, that is, that is the level of passion that Paul had and the kind of, the kind of burden that he was carrying and the kind of desire that he has so much for his people and the kind of thing that he was willing for his people that, that he wanted to be saved and, and if that takes, even that's going to take his life, he's ready to do so. What this morning, I want to believe that before the way comes to an end, child of God, you'll be challenged that you'll be ready to put your life on the line to see a soul come to Jesus. Oh, you want to say amen? I say you'll be ready to put your life on the line to sacrifice some things in your life in order for a soul to come to Jesus. You want to say amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, this is the drive that Paul had. This is the passion that Paul had. This is the drive that he had. And if you go on to read a little further here, Paul was literally trying to tell us and give us a good uh, parenthetic genealogy of where we are coming from. You understand? The God that we serve, he's trying to show that the gospel does not set 
aside the covenants with Israel. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? And so it's so much important for us to understand that Israel were people that were truly on the heart of God. But, but at a point in time, they started wandering away from the ways of God. And, and Paul was trying to show that, listen, listen, I want to see these people coming back to Jesus. I want to see these people coming back to God. I, I want to see them coming back to God. I, I want to see them coming back to God. I want to see them coming back to God. Beloved, it is no wonder that when you read the latter portion of the chapter 9, probably what it takes from 28 down to 33, basically prepares the way for Paul to truly say that brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That they might be saved. That they might be saved. This morning, that is my heart desire. That is the same passion that I have. And I want to trust God that you have that same passion. You have that same desire to see the lost, the sinner come to Jesus. To see the one that has nothing to Jesus, to, to come back to him. That is the desire that I have. When you further do a little study on the chapter 9, you realize that this is all to say that it is absolutely wrong to say that those who believe in the sovereignty and providence of God need not, need not or should not feel grief over those who are perishing without Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying here? We need to have that holy anger in us. That holy soul to speak grief in us. We get so sad to see that people are wandering out from Jesus. That we don't rejoice over the death of the sinner or the lost. But rather, we feel so sad and we feel like we have a duty and we have a calling. And there's a clarion call that we need to respond to. And by reaching out to snatch somebody out of hell into heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You want to say a big amen? Church, if our heart desire does not echo Paul's heart desire for humanity, then we have a big spiritual problem. If you look at the heart desire of Paul to see the lost to be found, the sinner to be saved, if we don't have the same heart desire for our well today, look at what is happening all over the world. In the midst of global pandemic, people are still walking around and doing all sorts of things and embarking on things that do not glorify the name of Jesus. People are just going about their life, no more duties as if there is no hell and heaven anywhere, as if there is no tomorrow anywhere. People are just having fun and doing all sorts of things. And sometimes when I look at the current situation of our world, it can be equated to that of the days of Noah. When God saw so much evil, so much sin upon the surface of the earth. And if I look at the same kind of drive and the same passion and the same desire and dexterity with which Noah rose and, and stood for the word and declared and, and, and preached literally everywhere, telling people to repent, I see that same thing and Iotai in the life of Paul. Paul could not stand safe. He used to be the chief, the chief, the chief of all sinful people. But when he encountered Jesus Christ on the road of Damascus, the eyes opened and he saw the true light and the true king of kings. And from that day, he became a messenger of the king. Church, it is my prayer that we shall get that same desire. Look at Noah in the book of Genesis. How Noah was going about telling people to repent. Many made a lot of idle fun about him and said all kinds of things, but Noah did not, did not really get himself to the 
this morning that it shall be said of you and I that we heard the gospel we preach Jesus Christ and we got saved just like Noah and his family got saved in the, in the ark that he provided for his people that is my prayer that is my prayer that is my prayer
right there in paradise, in God, in, in New Holland, and all those places. I tell you what, many people probably have heard about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. It is you and I that must go to them and explain who Jesus is. Because when we do that, faith will arise and they will believe and they shall be saved. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Church, I said amen. And I love the portion that he says that how shall they hear without a preacher? You, you don't need to be, so to speak, ordained pastor to go out there and share Jesus with somebody. You don't need to know all the Bible from Genesis to Revelation to make you qualified enough to share Jesus with somebody. All you need to know and to have is the love of Christ in your heart that is ready to be shared with other people. Hallelujah. Oh, shout amen. I just love it. I just love it. You know, this particular verse, um, I love it because right here in Ghana, what we are doing with the Bible leadership training is one of the major ways that we are helping the church leadership community that we have over here across board so that when church leaders are well equipped, they can go out there to equip their churches, members get equipped, and members go out there to ripple the effect on other people. And so you can imagine that if one preacher is well equipped in the world, how transformation will happen and hit his church. Beloved, be praying for us because it's a huge work in Ghana. But we want to trust God that the Lord will continue to grant us the grace that we need to keep moving, to train more pastors, to train more church leaders, to train more church workers for the kingdom. Because we need more people to hear about Jesus. And if they can hear about Jesus, they must be well equipped. Because he said it over here that how shall they preach except they be saved? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet They can only preach the gospel of peace if they have been taught what peace is all about. What the gospel is all about. If they know what Jesus stands for, then they know what to deliver when they get to see or meet people across the world. Hallelujah. Sometimes I look at this and I say, perhaps this explains the embers of fire under the wings of Dr. Daniel March, an American congregational minister who once penned the popular hymn titled, Hark the Voice of Jesus Calling in 1816. Dr. March writes, and I quote, Hark the voice of Jesus calling. Oh! 
take the task he gives you gladly. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here I am. Send me. Send me. Unquote. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, church, come alive. I said hallelujah. Amen. All these so that some precious soul might be saved. All these so that somebody out there someday will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And finally, as I bring my message to a close, I want us to understand that our God does not take pleasure in the death of a sinner or a lost nation, tribe, tongue, or people group, or the world as we have it. If you take your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. Ezekiel 18, verse number 23. You want to take your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 23. The Bible says, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live. And then the verse 32 says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God, so turn and leave. I just love it. I have no pleasure in the death of what? Of anyone, anyone that is lost, anyone that is a sinner. I have no pleasure in, of the, in the death of anyone, be it an African, be it an American, be Hispanic, whatever be the race, whatever be the skin tone, white or black, I have no pleasure, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord. So turn and leave. Turn away from your wicked ways. Turn away from the things that are taking you off from my presence. Come to the saving knowledge of Jesus so you can have life. This is the message for our world today. God is calling us through his son Jesus Christ and through his messages of the word that we should sound the alarm. And CNBC this morning, I am coming to you through this medium and together sounding that clarion call alarm with you that Jesus is coming. Oh, I said Jesus is coming. Our soon coming King Jesus will come. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is the message for our world today. God is calling us through his son Jesus Christ and through his faithful messengers of the word that we should sound alarm and make a clarion call unto the nations of the world and unto the nations of the world. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about Ghana. I'm talking about Africa. I'm talking about Egypt. I'm talking about all over the place. The nations of the world must hear about Jesus Christ. They must hear about Jesus Christ. They must hear about Jesus so they can turn away from sin and come to him for eternal life. Say amen. And for you out there, you know, I remember those days that we used to live with you guys. I told you what, we were just about around the Amish community. I told you that, that, that we, I had a, a friend that this Amish guy that lived just across the street. And, and uh, I just go there to worry him a lot. And uh, I don't know whether he came to church when I left, but I kept on telling him that, brother, you know, there's a man called Jesus. And he, he can save you and save your family. And so one time when I went there, I said, have you ever seen any African or black Amish before and that guy laughed. I said, well, I came to announce to you, I am the first African black Amish. <laughs> my dear brother, my dear sister out there, as you're watching, I want to encourage you that listen, the, 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 the lost shall be found. Sinners shall be saved. But God is looking for instruments like you and I, vessels like you and I, that he will use like Paul, he will use like John, he will use like Stephen, he will use like Philip and all the great evangelists that you can think of. So that men will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Surely if God in whose hands are the issues of life and death? Can look upon the 
destruction in such a way that he grieves over their destruction, we too should feel the sorrow and longing that Paul felt. Are you getting what I'm saying? Paul had that desire, that kind of grieve in his heart, that heaviness in his heart that he could not take it. He could not take it. He cannot imagine that the people of God are just on the verge of perishing and, 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 and entering into eternal damnation. No, he just could not take it. And so he said, look, even if it calls for me to be cursed, to be cursed, to be cursed, it, literally for me to die, I am ready to do so. Beloved, may the Lord put this passion in your heart. It is this passion that took us away from you guys in America. I remember so well when we were getting ready to come to Ghana. <laughs> it was quite a tug of uh, a tug of war. Let me put it that way. You know, humanly speaking, it was a challenge. And a lot of you guys came up, CNBC family. I want to salute you guys. You really encourage us. I don't want to mention names, but I tell you what: some great pastors and some great leaders of the church. You came along uh, alongside us. You kept on encouraging us, and you kept on saying that look, you go out there, the Lord is going to be with you. He will never put you to shame. He will not forsake you as he was just like, you know, the scripture says that as he was with Moses, so shall he be with Joshua. And indeed, as he was with Moses and as he was with Joshua, that same God, as he was with the, the prophets of old, he is still with us and truly he has been with us here in Ghana. Hallelujah. If I tell you the number of souls that have come to Jesus in many churches that we have been to, preaching Jesus and nothing else, preaching, preaching Jesus and nothing else, no other message apart from Jesus, and we have seen the results. I want to thank you. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for pushing us. Thank you for supporting us and to, to, to encourage us to go back together and preach Christ. And indeed, by the grace of God, we came here and we preached Christ. And many have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Church, people of God, global ministers, today is the first day of our missions conference. And my prayer is that may the Lord God Almighty burden your heart, burden my heart, burden our heart for our world, the lost world, the dying world today. And as he did with the life of the Apostle Paul and a man like Jeremiah who stood in the corridors of revival and said, if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a belly fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Oh my goodness. All that Jeremiah is trying to say that look, there's a message on my letter, a message of repentance, a message to bring somebody out of sin into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, a message that will cause a soul to be saved. If I don't preach this, I can't stay still. I can't stay okay. And that is the level of passion that Jeremiah had for the things of God and for the lost world and the people that live therein. Beloved, I have to preach the word. We have to preach the word. I have to teach the word. You have to teach the word. This morning, you've heard the word of the Lord. You are right in the congregation. You are right in the midst of the people. I don't know where you are hiding, wherever you are seated here, there. I, I cannot see you, but you know where you are. You can hear the sound of my voice. You are thinking about it, that look. I want to go on a mission field and to, to preach the word and to teach the word. But listen carefully. The mission field is not just about you hopping on the plane and traveling all the way to another country to preach and teach over there. The mission field is right at your doorstep. Even right there in your family, right there in the office, you have a mandate, a God-given mandate. That is your mission field because there are lost souls that need to be found, sinners that need to be saved right there in the family. 
and submission filled. Take Jesus today. Take Jesus today. And if you also hear you don't know Jesus Christ, this is the moment. You see me preaching like this. And I can tell that if you can, if you can really look at me carefully, I have been sweating like, you know, a fish out of a pool. I don't know. I've been sweating a lot. Because every fiber within my being want to see souls come to Jesus. Want to see people coming to Jesus. You know, in Ghana, we have a song that goes like this. I don't know if you know how to sing it, but it says that if I lose all that I may possess, I know that I still have Jesus. If I lose all that I may possess, I know that I still have Jesus. I still have Jesus. And I don't want to keep this Jesus to myself alone. I want to give that Jesus to somebody else who needs Jesus. It be said of you and I that we gave our Jesus to others so that they might be saved. Church family, I want to thank you so much for your time and for having this moment with us through this medium. It has been a great time and I trust the Lord has really ministered to your heart and I pray that what you have heard, go and do for God's glory. God bless you. God bless you.